Hello, everyone. It's Lent. It's time to go to confession. <laughs> That's right. We're going to confession here on Mary Sue Celebration. And um, I am a licensed minister. I mean, not a Catholic one, so I guess that doesn't count. But I'm your host, Harry. And hello to our guest. I am Katie, mm -hmm. here to talk about some characters I wrote when I was 12. What do I need to know about them? <laughs> oh, so I feel like... I think the important thing to know is where I was in the world when I created them. Yes. So where I was, long story short, I found out about National Novel Writing Month, which is when you write a novel in a month, because I was in a freak car crash in a Chili's parking lot. Everyone was fine, but we went to the doctor to get checked out, and they were like, we don't have time for you right now, so you have to go and wait. So we went to the library to wait. And while I was at the library, I found a magazine that was, like, for parents. And it was like, does your child love to write? And I was like, yes. I'm My not... child loves to write. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and so I, like, read the article, and it was like, your kid might want to do NaNoWriMo. And I was like, I do, in fact, want to do this. When I found this article, it was, like, April or May, and NaNoWriMo happens in November. And so I thought, I'll just practice and so what I practiced with was a 75,000-word, unfinished, very bad, you-will-find-out, plotless epic about a group of four kids training to be essentially child soldiers. But I called them warriors because I was reading a lot of Naruto at the time, and I was like, child soldiers whom? I am 12. These kids are 12. This all seems normal. <laughs> Talk about some of that as we go on. Oh but that was the space that I was in <laughs> I was like what if I took all the parts I liked about Naruto and then I made them different and original to me <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's yep funny. um I I don't even know if I knew that uh NaNoWriMo lore that was beautiful thank you um and it's a saga <laughs> uh I would like to further color in this beautiful world okay let's your go youth by yep. specifically asking, and you know I was going to ask, about the Naruto-themed exercise regiment you did as a youth. Yes, of course. So for people listening who are like, what is Naruto? I didn't know this episode was about Naruto. It's not really. It's but a little bit. It is a little bit. In Naruto, um, ninjas do like magic-type things using chakra, that's their, like, system of being able to do, like, all of the different jutsu that they can do and whatever. But some people can't access it. And so they do what they call, like, taijutsu, which is, like, it's just physical stuff that people, average people, in theory, could do. Except, of course, it's Naruto, so everything is extremely, like, blown up to a million. So in Naruto, there's this kid named Rock Lee, and he is a character who, like, can't use chakra. And so he has to overcome this like challenge with strength and training and a rigorous training regimen that involves like hundreds of push-ups a day and running miles and like we discover in this like and in my opinion one of the most epic anime battles ever <laughs> the like rock lee versus gara fight where rock lee reveals that he's been training with these like extraordinarily heavy weights around his ankles 
like for his whole life and he just like drops them and then he can like run around really fast so as a kid who obviously couldn't use chakra because i'm a human being living in this world i was like i can do that and so i undertook a training regimen where i would do i wouldn't do hundreds of push-ups a day because i was like i was a kid and i couldn't do it but i did i did do them in sets of 10 until i could do 100 a day total and then i started doing them in two sets of 50 and i would run a lot the problem is you're not really like supposed to do this so i would get very tired and i'd be like wow <laughs> phil really winded <laughs> you're, like, you're not supposed to train like a naruto character <laughs> but i did it anyway <laughs> slightly irrelevant but i needed to hear it again it hits it hits great every time <laughs> god yeah it, i uh, love lee what a good character i mean naruto it actually like a- it does kind of relate to what we're talking about because in the world that i wrote they didn't have any powers because I was like, honestly, I still am like this. I was like, man, coming up with a magic system seems like a lot of work and I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was like the laziest world builder. I was like, no one has powers. Everyone is a human being and they just have to train like human beings. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I basically I was like, what if everyone in this series was Rock Lee? Let's make it happen. <laughs> What what's our elevator pitch for this series? Yeah, seventy five thousand yeah. words. It has to be about something, Katie. Oh, you would think. <laughs> okay, so here's what I remember. I spent a lot of time putting together like what I remember about the characters and the plot. Not a hundred percent sure where the seventy five thousand words went because here's what I remember. So the main character, she's twelve because everyone you write when you're twelve is twelve. At least for me, that's right. <laughs> Her name was Misty. You might think, is that because you were into Pokemon? No, no, but I did know that there was a character in Pokemon named Misty, and I was like, sick name. Gonna use it. Epic. <laughs> so I used the name Misty. I don't remember. So one important, basically, like, this is going to be kind of me talking about how I took a lot of things from Naruto. It's like, they're going to be in my world, and then I'm going to do the character thing. So important to note, in Naruto, and people train, they train in squads of three, plus a teacher, so that they're like teams and it's usually two dudes and a girl and then the teacher and i was like what if we had more girls so i made squads of four two girls two boys and a teacher and um let me think yeah so there were three other characters plus the teacher and i don't remember any details about them i couldn't tell you their (laughs) names i couldn't tell you their motives i do know that misty this is very true to naruto tradition as well misty had a rival Ooh. A bitter rival. And are you still there? I am still there. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. <laughs> like because I, of the internet. I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, so Missy had a bitter rival. I believe, but cannot be certain, but for the sake of this discussion, I will call him Thomas. So Thomas was her age. I don't think she was in the same squad as him. I think he was on a different squad. But they, you know, she was always like, I have to train to be better than him. And they, like, would bicker and fight and all of these things. And, yeah, I, like, don't remember what happened to him, but he was there. He was there. <laughs> I know that at one point I wrote... So here's, here are the plot points that I remember. I remember the beginning very clearly, because I was like, there needs to be a reason that all of these people train to fight. So I was like, the town has a bandit problem. Bandits attack the town all the time. 
Not only that, but bandits attack the town and set Misty's house on fire oh, and injure her it. little brother. <laughs> and so she's like, I have to train to become strong enough to fight them off next time. Pretty standard. Um, I think I think she had several siblings, but none of them were fighting. And her parents were definitely civilians. And I remember I was writing some scenes and I was like, would they just be okay with her like being a warrior? I guess so. And then they would like send her off and she would get something at the bakery and then she would go to her training. And something else I remember. So this was like a really interesting world building exercise because it made me like realize all of the things you have to do in world building. What is the monetary system? Oh, sorry. What is the monetary system? What is the economy? Where does the money come from? And I was like, they don't use money in this system because I don't no want to write about money. money. Just throw <laughs> What's it money? out. <laughs> There is no money. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, kids invent communism by accident all the time. And I was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, money where? We don't have any of that here. This um, is a cool world. Yeah. Full of epic So I, I also wrote all the bakery scenes when I was like hungry. So like if there was a bakery scene, it would be like, I was hungry. So she would get in like, I don't know, like a cheese Danish, something that would like tank your blood sugar before a day of rigorous training. <laughs> Not ideal. Um, but yeah, she's like, I gotta have my Danish. I, I just always wanted Danishes, I guess. <laughs> I got, I gotta, gotta get a cheese Danish before I run like a hundred miles and do a hundred pushups or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And then I was like, do they eat while they're training? Do they go out to eat? So I think I gave them like a, well, it was also hard. I was like, where do they train? Do they train at like training yards? Is there like a big gym that they all go to? And so I wrote a lot of sparring. I did write a lot of action scenes. Like I had to write people fighting and sparring and all of this stuff. I definitely wrote a tournament subplot. Oh, um, good. No shown yeah. is complete without it. Of one hundred percent. They um. So like at this time, all of this is obviously in parallel with me consuming Naruto. <laughs> Naruto has a tournament arc. I think just one. Boruto also has one, but we don't talk about Boruto. I What's Boruto? I do not know who that is. <laughs> who the fuck is that? Um, and so, yeah, the, the tournament arc, I actually, like, read and watched before I read any of the stuff that came before it. There's, like, whole other plots in Naruto that come before the tournament, but I ignored them. Absolutely. I was like, I'm going straight to the tournament. Um, another important influence in what I was writing, actually, and, like, in my opinion, better plotted than Naruto <laughs> was oh. Tamora Pierce's series, yeah. Protector of the Small, and then like the Lioness Quartet. So I read a lot of Tamora Pierce as a kid, and I was like, hell yeah, people being knights. And like, they're, they're, she's written a bunch of different series, but the two that I drew from were the one about Alana, who uses magic, and the one about Kel, who can't use magic. And so I drew a lot from the Kel training stuff because. She actually, she did train really rigorously because she was training to be a knight. But, like, Tamora Pierce put research into it, so it was, like, realistic what she would have to do and how often she would have to do it and all that stuff. So some shred of it might have been at least somewhat realistic, hopefully. <laughs> Just by happenstance. You love to right. see it. Right. Yeah. So that that was, those, yeah, those series also influenced me somewhat. Actually, the bandits part definitely came from Tamora Pierce. They were always being attacked by bandits in those books, in the Kel ones at least. Maybe not always, but enough that I was like, that it bandits. Was stuck in your brain, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> There's bandits now. Come on, guys. Right. 
yeah, so I was like geopolitical um, tensions, not something I really grasped at age 12. Perhaps um, not. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, honestly, even now I'm not, you know, I would. That's a tough one. Wanted to do a lot of research before trying building. to do anything justice. <laughs> it's tough world building. Yeah, world building is hard. I think that's the big takeaway from me writing this story is that, like, even if you're copying someone else's world, it's hard. <laughs> and the other thing is, like, copying someone else's world also reveals all of the strange things about that world. Like in Naruto, everyone's just like, yeah, we're totally fine with these kids basically becoming child soldiers, but, like, not because we were also child soldiers, but we're civilians. We think it's fine. And I'm just like, okay. But then you're like, are, is this village constantly like under attack or something? And it really isn't until later. What's going even on then in Naruto? <laughs> oh, so much. Because like <laughs> Dude, Sakura, for example, like a... her parents are civilians and they're just like, yeah, you know, we love our daughter. We're going to send her off to train with like these people, okay. two of whom are like notorious town orphans who on a different note, how were they raised? How was Naruto raised? Who raised Naruto? Don't he lives alone. He drinks it. spoiled milk, like, canonically. Just like, is he good? Is he okay? I so. I don't know anything about Naruto and Naruto's <laughs> childhood, except for the the parts where With the it's swing? a shot of the swing and the sad song plays, which <laughs> I think about a lot. Yeah, I actually was... This is kind of tangential, but today I was doing some drawing just to, for fun. And I was looking through uh, Senshi stock photos. Shout out to them. They're great. And I was looking for just fun poses to draw. And one of them was someone like swinging. And I was like, I should use that pose. It'll be really fitting for the podcast tonight. <laughs> but I ended up using a different one. But I, of course, was like, da da da. <laughs> Do -do -do. Ah. We need a flashback. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Do you have so this is sort of like the the rough idea of the story, and my guess is is that possibly the seventy five thousand words went to that sort of typical uh, NaNoWriMo thing where it is just some words where some Thanks. when some stuff happens. I I'm trying to fill it in because I didn't finish it. Like it's an unfinished draft, okay. so it doesn't have an ending, which means that it's in the middle of some plot somewhere. Here's what I remember. The bandit part where Misty's house is attacked. Oh, Bad. Obviously, <laughs> she's like, I'm trying to become a warrior. Then training, the rivalry. Yeah, like, I think she has some, like, fights with this bully guy. That's the Tamora Pierce influence because Kel definitely had, I mean, it like, Tamora Pierce was like, misogyny is real in the night world, which makes sense. And so she was like, a bunch of these dudes don't like that a woman is trying to become a knight. Or in this case, like, a 10-year-old girl. Um... And so they were, like, constantly picking on her and stuff. And I was like, misogyny exists in my universe, too. Although, not not to the same degree, because I was like, eh, I want them to have a good time, too. <laughs> um, but they definitely, like, had a, like, we're gonna fight. And it wasn't a rivalry in the way that, like, a Naruto rivalry connotates extreme homoerotic tension, or even just, like, good friendship. This was a rivalry that was like, it's not good, and Misty was guy. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, sort of more of your uh, yeah, just just regular bully character versus being a rival. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I wrote him strictly as a bully because I was like, I don't want to do that as a writer. It felt really mean. But they they were like at odds with each other. Like as a kid, I was also at odds with people a lot, and we would like butt heads. But like, I wasn't being bullied by them. Misty, yeah, I definitely remember being conscious that I wasn't writing like 
a character who was like explicitly like bullying my main character, but he was kind of like, like he wasn't someone who she would eventually become close with. He was just like an asshole. And she was like, fuck you. It just, it's not a, it's not a cool shonen rivalry full of no. beauty and, and whatever. No, whatever. I like, I didn't really write shonen rivalry into the story. <laughs> I didn't, I feel like that's something I started doing when I was older because when I was a kid, I honestly got annoyed with some of the rivalries. I was like, big fucking whoop, you have a rival. Who cares? And now I'm like, oh, they're rivals. Look at them go. Oh, <laughs> but I think rivals. that's because when I was a kid, I had an actual like rival. <laughs> and yes. I was like, I just can't stand her. And I couldn't see the like fun in it. Hilariously enough and in true fashion, she is one of my absolute best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, you yep. love to see it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's good. Do you oh, yeah, okay. It? Oh, go ahead. I'm just, I was going to say, do you feel that it was anime typical? Since we've talked that you didn't watch very much anime besides watch anime growing up, right? But I did. I read a lot of manga. So okay. I think there were some things that were typical of it. Because, like, Yu Yu Hakusho, for example, I also read, and it also has a tournament arc. I really liked tournaments. <laughs> oh, it's about the tournaments. <laughs> You might be thinking, you know what else has tournaments? Yu-Gi-Oh! I read Yu-Gi-Oh! But it didn't influence stuff because I read it when I was like 13 or 14. So it was a little a little later. <sighs> you didn't learn how, how to make every character so unhinged. I, I, I skipped Death Note and Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, how am I supposed to write a galaxy-brained four-dimensional chess player? I can't do it! It's, it's just, you just oh. have to come do it on your own. <laughs> but but Death, yeah. Note, Death Note is coming. Death Note uh, is coming. Did you actually go on to do NaNoWriMo that year? I assume you you did. I did. I know you did, done but it, it was for it was, years. I have done it for many years. Shout out to NaNoWriMo if there are NaNoWriMo people listening. You do great work. <laughs> Thanks for letting me write so many dumb stories. <laughs> so many. I can't yeah, imagine. I've written. Honestly, brief tangent slash pitch for future episodes. <laughs> I have... So many NaNoWriMo stories where as a kid I was like, I have to build these elaborate sci-fi worlds. And that was because I was in a writing class and the teacher really liked sci-fi and fantasy, which I also liked, but I was more drawn to like slice of life stuff. So I'd write slice of life and she was like, up your world building. Now, as a current, like where I am in my life right now, like world building is important no matter what. And you can build a very good world, even if what you write is slice of life and doesn't need a magic system. But you were non-magical like, slice of life. But as a kid, I was like, system. time to invent a world that has three different layers of reality. <laughs> it's time. So I had, I had like different timelines. I had oh, a story yeah. where a guy travels through time into. Okay, so my NaNoWriMo story is from 2007. Very straightforward slice of life. Um, it was about this girl who had a best friend who moved away. And then this dude moved in next to her and she was like, I don't like him. And, th and like, there's a bunch of family stuff. And in the middle, I was like, wow, this story is not going anywhere. And so I, this is the NaNoWriMo influence. I was like, they're going to get in a terrible car crash and they're going to have to go it. to the hospital. <laughs> I knew it. It always happens. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I mean, I was kind of drawing on reality because when I was, when I was 12, my dad made some questionable life choices and ended up in the ICU after getting stung by bees a lot of times. So I was like, I know what it's like if your family member is in the ICU, so I might as well write this. Okay, this isn't related to the Misty story at all. <laughs> but basically, I just like 
would always kind of go off of a plot cliff anytime I wrote something. And the first time I did Nano was no exception. <laughs> That's good. Um, is, is it good? I don't know. And it's hard to know because it's sort of like there's some some of it that has has left you. So I assume I uh, the bakery scenes are probably the iconic scenes for you. Yeah, um, I really I remember the bakery scenes. Another thing about this is I actually like learned how to draw so I could illustrate it. So, like this is the longest thing I had written to that point, and also the only thing I had written that was really, uh, I don't know. It was the only thing I had written that was thought out to the extent that I had thought any of it out, which was not much. But prior to that, I had done a lot of, this is a, <laughs> a future tangential conversation. I'd done a lot of like Star Wars role playing with my friend. So we had been trying to write like a Star Wars play that we could act out. And so we wrote that and I wrote other random short stories, but I had never written anything long. And so I was like, I have to learn how to write long things, and I will do that. And I was like, I also need to learn how to draw so that I can illustrate these thoughts that I have. And I remember I drew like a hand-to-hand -hand combat scene of like two characters fighting, obviously extremely stiffly because like my grasp of anatomy was not great then. Um, and I remember they like had their hands up in like a fighting stance. And when my mom looked at it, she went, are they giving each other the finger? <laughs> I was like, no, mom, they're fighting. No, they're doing an epic, cool fight, mom. It's a, cool it's battle, a tournament mom. arc. <laughs> it's the tournament mom. arc, mom. <laughs> how, do you, how can't you know? How can't you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, kind of fun to like learn a bunch of different things so that I could try and start growing more creatively. Like That's kind of the point in my life where I like started to learn how to draw and really started to work on writing. And then been off from there it, it makes yeah. sense as an origin story yeah the pieces are coming together for me yeah honestly <laughs> i feel like all of this i'm like i feel like i don't always go into a ton of detail about it because i'm like who wants to hear about your chili's accident or whatever <laughs> but it really does all fall into place <laughs> what's to hear about the chili's accident that led to nanowrimo <laughs> god it's such a disaster and now here i am now here you are talking nanowrimo on live television Nora. that's right that's right this is live television i forgot to it tell is. you <laughs> I my lighting is very bad straight to the source uh there's no audio it's there's no video <laughs> yeah i did try to find i tried to figure out if i could like get the files for this story mm -hmm. from storage somewhere but i was not able to find them i think i was able to find the earliest writing i was able to find that i have like accessible to me on my current computer is what i wrote in 2010 for nanowrimo that was a disaster story it was about this kid who was in a museum he picked up a weapon and it transported him to a world where everyone could turn into birds <laughs> now why could they turn into birds I do not know. I'm sorry, that's actually Hatupo Boyfriend. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, 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 it's not actually. There are, everybody is birds and also people. Is it the pigeon dating sim? I don't, actually, I do not have a good grasp of what the plot of that one is. No one, no one correct me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't correct me either. I'm, I'm happy to know that I invented it in 2010 by they accident. They turn into birds. Uh, did the protagonist live in a cave? Because that's the only thing I do remember about the game is that you oh. were a human girl, but you lived in a cave. I see. He <laughs> lived in 
He did not live in a cave. He lived in a town, like he lived in a house in town with one of the people who could turn into birds. I think that in retrospect, part of the reason they could turn into birds was that I wanted to name them easily. So everyone was just named after the bird they could turn into. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I was like, keep it simple. I did revise that story. That was the first novel I ever liked. What about their parents? If your dad, if your dad could turn into a raven and you could turn into a raven, are you both raven? Well, I told the really convenient writing tactic that was, <laughs> all of our parents are off fighting in the war. What war? <laughs> so, so Raven Jr. No conflict between Raven and Raven Jr. No, none at all. That's the Teen Titans spinoff, Raven and Raven Jr. Have we even hit the Teen Titans years for you? Uh, the Teen Titans years were at the same time that I was writing the big monster one, yeah. Yes. I'm trying to think if there were influences there. I Like, that story was such a hodgepodge of things. It was basically me being like, oh, I like this, I want to try and recreate it. I like this, I want to recreate it. Um, I definitely had an arc where, like, their teacher was, like, injured on a mission, and oh. all the kids had to, like, save him, you know. Classic stuff. Yeah. One of, one of the characters was training to be a medic, because I was like, one of them needs to be a medic. Mm-hmm. You need your Joe. Sorry, Digimon. Yep. Yeah, Joe Hokage, the medic. <laughs> we come from different worlds. We do. I was like, Joe who? Joe Hokage? That's like not even Naruto, it's just a British. There, There is a... A, a strong cultural influence. Yes, there's a very stressed out, slightly older kid in Digimon who is like already fast-tracking himself mentally to med school. So oh, yeah. He's, cool. he's a blessing. He's like, I'm already in med school. Don't worry. I brought band-aids. <laughs> and Hell I'm serious yeah. about everything and terrified constantly. I love the dude. <laughs> God bless. The, a classic. This is now uh, Katie's NaNoWriMo Hall of Fame. Do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I have many honorable mentions. Yes. While we're talking about stories that I photocopied, shall we say, from... Mm-hmm other worlds i feel like is it a kt podcast episode if i don't talk about avatar the last airbender you can't not so in actually no that didn't have any ocs no i did try to write a fan fiction interpretation of season three before it came out and i was like wow this is really hard there's a lot of plot points going on like yeah no fucking kidding okay so (laughs) my second nanowrimo novel 2008 i was 14 that was called The Mission, and it was about... Actually, a lot of my stories start with someone in one world and then going into another world. In this case, it was two characters. One of them was named Casey, and then she had a friend whose name I do not remember, but Casey was... Like, all of my characters were tomboys, because I was like, tomboys are cool. Okay. Um, so anyway, she was skiing, and she skied into another dimension. Oh, no! And in this other dimension, she met a swordsman who wanted to kill her. Why? Because, of course, she was the chosen one. <laughs> This is, yeah. very, this is a very, like, 90s portal anime. I think that came up in the last episode, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I had, I'm trying to think, there were, that, this story has portals, the story with the guy and the birds has portals, another story also had portals, the one with the three layers of reality, where he could have, like, alternate selves that had portals. It's just a very um, easy story device. <laughs> it really is. It's free world. One of my favorite video games, Portal. I mean, done. <laughs> it's free world building. Like, it you, is. your character has to experience the world anew, so there's all the exposition is happening. You don't 
have to, you know? Yeah. Was it easy or good? No. But no, <laughs> when no. other people do it, is it easy or good? Easy, maybe not. Good, yes. <laughs> maybe not good. Oh, no, maybe not good. <laughs> these are these are impressive. I like yeah. that you are like very dedicated to like really writing a lot at, at age twelve. I was like, mm, I'll think about it, but no, thank you. <laughs> that's that's fair. I feel like I was. I just wanted to oh, oh I actually kind of feel like this is also just me applying the Rockley training regimen to my own writing life which was like the more you do the better you get which I mean it, it works if you are fine with trashing a lot of your work if you don't like doing that then this approach does not work for you like I was talking to a friend today like I'm writing a short story and I wrote the draft and it's 20,000 words long that's four times too long for a short story. <laughs> so I was like, I have to chop this. So I like went through it and I was like, I'll keep this, I'll keep this, I'll keep this. Now I have a draft that's like 7,000 words that I can chop down a little bit more and revise and edit. And I was talking to a friend who was saying like, oh my God, how are you chopping it? Like you wrote all of it. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it must go. Goodbye. <laughs> it has to go. It's gotta leave. It's gotta sit. I mean, I keep the original draft, so it's not like gone it's just not going to be in the later draft and i think that's fun for me because i'm like even if it was horrible i can always talk about it being kind of funny like the i'm trying i'm trying to think like the things i've revised like the story with the guy and the birds i did revise it because originally they could turn into a bunch of different animals and then i was like this is too much two animals. they're all are birds now <laughs> true two animals are like, birds now <laughs> they're all birds i think it was because they were like missized in battle, and then I was like, "This is kind of annoying to write." Yeah, that'd be that you would have to do like a, put a lot of energy into it. It's um, it's true. There's like, there's so much thought having to design like creative fighting. I'm I'm really starting to appreciate that. Maybe I'll just go through. We can go through a few random other things that I have written that maybe tie in world building wise. Yes, and then. This is the, or, world, the world building episode, actually, it, versus It OCs. is a world building episode, which is very funny considering that as a writer, I very, I spend so much more time on character than on world building, but that's changed a lot since I was a kid when I was like, plot, world, plot, world, and like, characters will just do stuff, and they were fun to write and whatnot, but they weren't like, super well thought out not that the worlds were well thought out either but <laughs> they well, were there you, you did a little bit more of thinking on one versus the i other. did i did a lot of the characters i wrote were like kind of archetypical which is like fine like in the bird story i had a character named hawk and she was just like extremely angry all the time she's freaking out she had a lot of like pent-up rage i think maybe because like her parents had died or something a lot of things have gone wrong for her in life I always liked writing her because she had a lot of drive. So like in the parts where I was writing from her perspective, it was like very interesting to change like how I wrote things. So that gave me some like character writing stuff. But yeah. Do you have any memory of like the stylistic approach uh, word wise? Or is it just like, you know, yeah. were you were you really coming into writing words in a way? I kind of was. So the first thing I ever wrote, like strictly technical sense, like I wrote it in third person. Like, the story about Misty training, I wrote only from her point of view. It was always third person, past tense. Um, because at the time, I had a vendetta against you're, first yeah, person. Yeah, you're, you're a hater. 
Well, I now love first person. But at the time, I was like, I refuse to read anything written in first person. Um, that didn't last that long, but I because the thing that I wrote later in that year for like my first NaNoWriMo, I wrote in first person. Which, speaking of um, like tone, I remember I wrote this story, and the main character had an older brother who like had a room full of posters and stuff because he was a teenager. And I remember describing that one of his posters was like motorcycle, like women straddling motorcycles. And I was sharing this chapter by chapter with one of my friends at the time. And her mom read it and she was like, straddling is a sexual word. And I was like, what? But that's the, that's how you describe it. Like what the, you're like standing over a motorcycle. You're not going to say that. Hovering. Me missing the point entirely that the point of those posters is of course sexual. You're like, I'm God. describing the posters <laughs> literally i was like hello i like really was like play I, was, I wasn't even like playing like i didn't pretend like pretending not to understand i was just like yeah that's the word you would use what word would you use and she's like i wouldn't have the posters at all <laughs> but the posters um, are a character signifier they are i will die on this hill <laughs> maria if you're listening not not maria from college maria from my childhood who is probably not listening you were wrong. You were wrong. She's, wrong. <laughs> She's not listening. It's fine. She's probably not listening. <laughs> we're, we're free. Uh, they, so funny. On, on average, uh, the, these episodes could get anywhere from like 18 to like 70 downloads. So <laughs> nice. Prepare yourself for fame. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Legend status. Check out my NaNoWriMo profile page. No, don't. I actually don't remember what my username is offhand because I only sign in like once a year. <laughs> I just have it saved. Did you? I know. I remember very specifically that um, sort of your college era, you would like go to actual like physical meetups for NaNoWriMo. Did you do that yes. like in high school as well? Oh, I did actually. Yeah. That's so... beautiful. I I did it two years. My first year, I didn't, because I don't think I knew about them. But my second year, so when I was 14 and 15, I went to meetups with other people. And they were usually very small, because where I was living at the time was, like, not the most densely populated area. And so the, like, region for NaNoWriMo and the forums was pretty small, and there weren't that many people. But people would say, like, hey, we're going to meet at this cafe. Anyone want to go? And I'd be like, I want to go. And online, like, people, you know, like, on NaNoWriMo in general, you don't know how old people are unless they tell you. So, you know, I'd show up, and there'd be a bunch of, like, you know, 30- or 40-year-olds, like, writing, and then there'd be me, like, okay, I'm ready to, like, plunge swords into people's guts and stab them and do all this, like, warrior training stuff. That's right. And um, I'd just be, like, like, I just ran four miles this morning. What's (laughs) up, guys? I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was fun they were very nice to me they were like oh you're starting so young i was like yes i'm voracious i'm <laughs> full of energy you're like yes i am young i've got this yeah i also had a like really large brick like laptop at the time like two inches thick like 90s toshiba type thing that i would write on and so i just like take this giant brick out like thunk on the table like that must have yeah. been great. They were just like, ah, oh, here, here, here comes the, the, the group child. Yep, yep. <laughs> this it was total nice. weirdo. They were usually at, like, libraries and, uh, libraries or cafes. And I would say at most I was there with, like, 
five other people at any given time. You know, I would just go with one of my parents and they would sit at some other table. Because yeah. I was like, leave me alone while I'm writing, mom, you know? So you guys just like, I don't even know. I've, I've never been to one of these. So I'm just like, do you guys talk at all? Or do you just got all sit down at, at the Starbucks and open and your brick laptop? In the library? Yeah, yeah. Like at the library, we didn't talk because there were rules about not talking in the library. <laughs> but at the cafes, we would talk. And, you know, people were really nice. They would ask me what I was writing, and I would presumably, like, reel out this, like, absurd plot. <laughs> they'd be like, that's nice. And I'd be like, what are you writing? And, you know, they'd say, oh, I'm writing about, you know, the memoir of my father growing up, or, you know, I'm writing a fantasy story about this. I'd be like, oh, fantasy, tell me more, you know. They were, they were good kids who were 30. <laughs> I don't think I ever met other kids who did it. Um, oh. although I was in a writing class in high school and so I knew other kids who wrote and one of my friends, the one who, well, ex-friend, if you're listening, get good. Um, one of my like friends growing up was the friend who I was trying to write a Star Wars play with. And he was also extremely prolific. Um, so the two of us would like send each other stuff that we had written. Yeah. We were always writing really elaborate, weird sagas. It was pretty fun. That's pretty hype, honestly. That amount, any amount of writing intense true writing like, is too it. hard i'm a baby <laughs> the writing is, well the other day i tried writing something and i was like this will be a nice short scene and it took me like several days and i was like oh why it's painful and i was like it's set underwater and it was very painful to write i listened to whale sounds to be inspired <laughs> oh, this is this is the witch hat thing and it's the witch this hat the, thing. the secret secret witch hat fanfic project secret witch hat it is finished, but needs to be edited. Edited. That's right. Yeah. You gotta yeah. find new words. I've heard. Oh my god, I do! The most important question about NaNoWriMo as a yes. kid, Katie. Oh, I'm ready. Did you have fun? <laughs> did I have fun? I did have fun! I had a lot of fun. I Actually, I really didn't have a lot of fun writing the, the story with the bandits, because I was like, where is this going? I, like, wrote so much because i didn't know how to plot plotting is very hard i still don't know how to plot <laughs> i can write things but whoo the plotting mm -mm. and so i was yeah i i was just like oh no i don't know how to res like i don't know how to get to a resolution i don't even know what my character's main flaws are so i think a key like problem with the story is like my character wasn't very fleshed out like you had her motive which is like i need to protect my family from the bandits and you had, like, who she was, which was, like, level-headed, but not, like, too calm and would always be ready for a fight. But, like, there weren't a ton of specifics. Who was her family? Uh, it's also telling that I don't remember literally any of the other characters' details. <laughs> but, yeah, I, um... I accidentally, we've, we've led you into the roast session portion. Yeah, let's roast. Let's oh, roast. my God. There, there is much to roast. Be um, hating. <laughs> I keep wanting to say hater because of Gamer Girl. Oh no, have you finished reading it? I, I have. <laughs> it was... So excited. Iconic. Good. <laughs> Honestly, from the screenshots, I was like, this just seems like a good time. I had a good time. Yeah. Can't but now be, a, be a hater TM. <laughs> I will. I am going to be a hater on live television. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy uncritical analysis of being a hater. So, okay, the hating, yeah, where to start? What is the character? What is the motive? Was there a sense of humor? 
where were the adults? And then, like, I also don't think, I think something that I remember intentionally writing was that I didn't really want my character to be, like, a hero. I wanted her to be, like, an average person. But then I was like, but then she doesn't get any of the cool stuff. It was kind of interesting, because I felt like there were certain things where I, like, not intentionally, like, I wasn't thinking of it as, like, deconstructing literary convention first of all i never even say those words as an adult and second of all like i had to think about them and then as a kid i was definitely not thinking of it that way but i was like does she have to do all this stuff if she's the main character and again the reason for thinking this is dun 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 naruto because all of my favorite characters were the side characters like i didn't like naruto that much i was like he's fine i don't get him now as an adult i think he's He's great. Funky little man. I can't believe you didn't like him, even though he had to sit on the swing and be sad and drink spoiled milk. Like, okay, I get it. You had a rough childhood, man. Look at Rock Lee. <laughs> I Naruto, love you Lee. think you think you have it rough? I mean, you could could handle one day of my life in 1999, okay? <laughs> could you handle dial-up internet, Naruto? I don't think so. Naruto, could you deal with Sasuke in the other room trying to download things from Napster? <laughs> you pick up the phone and it's making the like sound. Oh. Like, Sasuke, stop downloading stuff! I'm trying to call my friends. Wait. Hello? Isn't it just you? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Naruto has one friend. I don't know anything about Naruto. Oh my god. I mean, do I? Do you? <laughs> yeah, no. I would. Well, when I read it, I read it for specific characters, so I'd figure out where they showed up, and then I would read those chapters, and I would skip all the chapters that I didn't care about. This is so good. So I was like, if Lee is in it, I'm good. If Neji is in it, I'm good. If Kakashi is in it, I'm also good, which covered a lot of Naruto bases, because, like, Kakashi is the teacher, so he was always around for Naruto doing stuff. But my, my impression yeah. from the distance is that he seems cool. Kakashi? That's it. Huge Kakashi fan. He seems, he's he seems like a cool dude. He's a Virgo. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> cool dude. Now I'm doubling down. Very cool dude. Excellent. Maybe <laughs> the best Naruto character ever. <laughs> I mean, he, he's pretty chill. He has a very fucked up backstory and uh, has been made to suffer much. Oh, the so the only thing about like, the Naruto ending is not good in my opinion. Um, they were basically like, what if we were like, yeah, you guys all get straight married, and then in the sequel, you're all bad parents. I'm like, what kind of ending is that? Come on! Damn. Straight married? I don't like. What I can sometimes condone, because I'm like, okay, it could be worse. I'm talking about Full Metal Alchemist. Could be worse, but actually, I just really didn't like straight pairing endings as a kid, and I still don't. I take it back, no condoning. But in Naruto, it's like extra bad. But the only thing about it that's good is that they were like in the Boruto era, Kakashi and Guy live together. I don't know if it's ever explained, but I'm like, good for them. Well, they're Hope just they're vibing. Vibing. They're just, they're just hanging out. They're just <laughs> going chilling. On the... Confirmed bachelors. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the two of them canonically go on like a road trip around the world after the series because when so like iconic. at the end of the series kakashi becomes hokage because naruto isn't old enough and then when naruto becomes hokage they go on a road trip i don't know if this is speculative or if it's real because i didn't read the full ending so if there are people listening and you don't cut this out then <laughs> we'll find out in the comments i i i have the psychic impression that i do not need to, to view boruto one because i'm not obligated and two right. Because I have watched about 
two-thirds of the cursed child and it sounds about the same but longer <laughs> what's our what's the positive takeaway i mean finding Na- nanorimo is a good start that was a big that was a big one positive takeaways uh i realized that i would have to figure out how to end things endings are very difficult for me still i don't think they're easy in general but i struggle with them a lot and so figuring out that i like needed to know how to end stuff was like helpful even though i didn't end that particular story i thought it was very beneficial to struggle with world building like it made me think a lot about like how do worlds work how can i make them work better what are the day-to-day interactions of a character oh another thing that i like learned a lot about is that it is this is part of where the seventy-five thousand words came from i think i didn't know how to time skip like not like a three-year time skip i just didn't know how to get from like just like had to write every moment right like what's a montage i don't fucking know i was like she went to the bakery and then she ate the danish and then she walked to the training center and then she was in the training center and then she trained and i was just like you didn't know about the alternating bubbles like on fanfiction.net the alternating the, bubbles. The O's. The oh. small O and the big O. No, I never used that. Or <laughs> I would, but then it would be like the immediate next scene. Like skipping more than a couple hours was not something I did. Like, like I don't know how to do that. I would just be like, yep. And then it was the next day and she woke up again. And I was like, wow, this is tedious. <laughs> so <laughs> so tedious. then I would start skipping stuff. <laughs> I have to write every moment of this character's life. Oof. Yeah. Honestly, now that I'm talking it through, I'm like, that's probably where a lot of the words came from. Because I have had this question myself. That's a lot of words. That's basically like the length of a, an actual novel. It's huge. It, it was... <laughs> Like, it's, it doesn't rival, it's important to note, it doesn't rival that Smash Brothers fanfic. That's right. It's not a, it's yeah. not a Smash Brothers, it's, it's not biblical, it's, it's not that long. But it's long. It's, not, it's long it's if you're the, 12. It's not Higurashi or Homestuck <laughs> or any of these other things. Any of the I, icons. When we talk about things that are long, <laughs> we're like, One Piece, that, ongoing. That's, oh, ew. Can't I feel imagine. Like, you have to give yeah. up after a certain point, right? I, I do not think so, based on the fact that it's so old, and also the fact that the guy who writes it is a Capricorn, and he's like, <laughs> I have drive and purpose, I will see it through. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I was watching, this is a sidebar, but I was watching an interview with the guy who writes Naruto, and he was like, yeah, you know, like, Oda Sensei and I were like, writing One Piece, writing Naruto, writing One Piece, writing Naruto, neck and neck and Shonen Jump for years and years and years. And eventually I ended my series and I think it might have been a wake up call for him that he might need to end his too. (laughs) And now for a very important question. How do you think being an Aquarius helped your writing journey? (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) I think it gave me a certain Lynchian analysis. No, I'm (laughs) only drawing this parallel um, because of course David Lynch is also an Aquarius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think think that the thing that... gonna give a serious answer here i think that being an aquarius means that you think a lot about people and humanity at like a high level and so i think i got that shows up in me like working on a society with many people in it and then where i can improve is like focusing in on like the one person who is your protagonist who you have to focus on because they're the protagonist um yeah but thinking about society society. was definitely an influence yeah (laughs) sorry we live in we live, we live in a ninja clan here we stand yeah i, I was getting it in whether or not that was that naruto focused <laughs> there was a lot of naruto focus 
This is this is we're we're being thoughtful on this one. This is this is just real writing and world building advice. True. No, if it's advice. <laughs> My advice is don't base your world on Naruto and also don't write about cheese danishes that often. <laughs> uh our our stats say that some of our listeners most aren't, but some of our listeners are seventeen to twenty five, so Good well, luck cool. out there, kids. Yeah, Godspeed. Go Godspeed. to NaNoWriMo events if you write. Yeah, well, not, I, um, not currently. Oh, yeah. Well, there are virtual ones. Yes, okay. They're on Zoom now. Honestly, this year I was able to go to more because they were on Zoom, and so I could just go to them. Like, they weren't in weird, far-to-get-to you places. You guys just all leave your mics on and tip-type? Tip no. We would get <laughs> muted by the host because he was like, I don't want to hear you guys typing. Oh, I feel like <laughs> that, would be, that would be ASMR. Yeah, for some people, some people have really loud keyboards. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, like me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we would get muted. It was kind of fun. You would write for 20 minutes and then you would come back and be like, how'd your stories go? And then you'd like blab about whatever. And then you'd write for another 20 minutes. But it was fun like to see people. 2008 NaNoWriMo Cafe ASMR sounds very good. <laughs> yeah, I love writing with other people in person when it's obviously safe to do it. Um, no, I know. I'm sorry for bringing COVID <laughs> in the room. Oh no, this this podcast is is canon compliant. <laughs> no, we're talking about COVID nineteen. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh wait, I had something peripherally related that I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry yeah, if I steamrolled you a couple. Oh times. no, no, I don't think it was that important. So uh, thank you for listening to this discussion on my yeah, not very is. good world building from many years ago. Actually, speaking of cheese danishes, or like more accurately speaking of like a thing that maybe doesn't need to be a detail, I was writing a story recently, and so much of it is set at a 7-Eleven. The 7-Eleven is yes. not important to the plot. I just had one of the characters work there. Mm-hmm. And then I keep referencing 7-Eleven, and I'm like, I need to change that, because I think some publications might be like, I don't know, is that a copyright? I don't know how that works. <laughs> so I'll just change it to something else it's that's like made up. Obviously. There's all kinds of... Like, locally, there's a chain called Cumberland Farms that everyone calls Cumbies. And when I tell people this, everyone's like, that can't be real. I'm like, no, it's called Cumbies. It's like, no, we do call it Cumbies, okay? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I call it. (laughs) I'm going to make them work at the Cumbies, because that is not trademarked. (laughs) That's right. They would never. She worked at the Cumbies. They're like, "Uh, actually, we're a little bit embarrassed that you all call it that. What's Yeah, I don't know how they feel about it. Uh, what I'm yeah. gonna do is that I'm going Sometimes to spend short ones. approximately like... 25 minutes, actually less than, I'm going to spend under 20 minutes making my very own 2008 cafe uh, NaNoWriMo meetup ASS- ASMR, and I'm gonna put it at the end of the episode. Please enjoy. <laughs> Please do. I Many years ago, I bought a microphone because it was like very discounted, and I didn't use it ever. And it's the kind of, it's like a microphone that a lot of people starting out doing ASMR use. And I was just like setting it up to make sure everything worked and that it was recording. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, can I, can I get it? Can I get some, some typing? Oh, yes. Hold tight while I get my laptop. Oh no, if you don't have it. I thought you already Oh no, it's, it, it's on the floor it. next to me. No, it might, it's connected. Okay, here we go. I'm going to send you a top secret message. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. I don't know if you can even hear this. Tip type. Oh, I can hear it. Tip type. Tip type. Oh, it's beautiful. That's great. 
Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll we'll figure out some conversations <laughs> to put in the background. Maybe somebody's talking about a, a, a new MCR video or something. I don't know. Someone's ordering a frappuccino. I don't know. <laughs> Very yeah, it was a really nice cafe. I won't give the name of it away because it will give away where I was living at the time. But it was like this very secret. It had like, it was like a little tiny, like you know, locally owned, organic-y type thing where they had a ton of different smoothie flavors and really good wraps and lots of good different coffees. It was really fun to go. Oh. I used to go after um, whenever I was in the area doing errands or whatever with my family. We would go. That's beautiful. I went there after I took the SATs. <laughs> Oof. Anyway. Oof. No SATs. I'm gonna... I'm yeah. Gonna, go, goodbye. <laughs> Wait, do you want to do, like, a thank you for having me on your show? Oh because it was very God. fun. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even thank you. I was just like, eh. No, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm saying thank you for having me thanks, on the show. Thanks, and thanks indeed for being on. I, I know. I know it is, <laughs> it is always awkward. Everyone is like, Hello? 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 And and then the computer with the my internet crashing, but uh thanks for knock being on wood. Here. But it's, it's been beautiful. pretty good. Um I'll I'll cut to the ASMR. It won't be good. <laughs> no one no <laughs> one will like it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone... Well thank you for having me on. It was fun to talk about things that I wrote as a kid that looking back on was like, whoa, <laughs> Much to dig up. Honestly, I probably do have the saved files somewhere. If I am able to visit my parents in a post-pandemic world, mm. I can dig them up maybe if I have something that will read a CD or a floppy disk. They might be saved on floppy disks. In 2007? <laughs> I guess that, that could happen. Well, the reason they saved on floppies, remember I talked about the brick computer? That yes, was a 1998 right. Toshiba. It didn't even have a, t a trackpad, so it saved stuff to uh, floppy disks. It could read from a CD, but not write to one. So Interesting. Yeah. I love that laptop. I think it still turns on, so there's definitely things on there that are. So did the laptop not function well enough was it not advanced enough that you could have uh, writing music? Could have writing music because I could play the CDs. Um, Do you remember oh, what did you I, might have did I write to? to <laughs> oh, what did I listen to? Okay, I listened to many things. I listened to Evanescence and Linkin Park. And infamously, I listened to the greatest hits of Journey a lot. Oh, that's going to so. be good for the ASMR. <laughs> oh, yeah. Separate ways specifically. <laughs> Good to know. If you need a particular song to get DMCA'd on. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fuck it up a lot if I don't want to get DMCA'd. Yeah. yeah. I haven't, knock on wood, I have not been DMCA'd uh, 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 once. Even the... Even the... <laughs> the slowed down and reversed Glee song? No, I was thinking about the... Um... The one that was on in the background that was slow oh, and sad. Yes, the fucking the fucking say something. I, yeah. I, that one's good. I feel like that one could go down at any moment. <laughs> that's that's fair. Maybe maybe they're like, oh no, we don't. <laughs> We're like they're like, oh no, fan fiction. We can't listen to this even to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> the two copyrights 
blast each other out of existence. Wait, no. What if it? You know all those like fan fiction disclaimers that are like, I don't own these characters, and Ooh, like, don't should I say them. I don't own say something? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that if you have like a, I don't own anything in this podcast episode. <laughs> we own the story that we wrote. <laughs> yeah. I, I do own the rights to Misty. I don't own the rights to Naruto. Oh my god, another thing I didn't even mention. I came up with names for all the weapons. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> I like derived them from Latin. Oof. Latin. That's a sidebar that's unfortunate. Ooh. Latin. Latin. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, I think something something that I did not really do was like, I think that as a kid, if you really like anime or manga and you're like i'm gonna adapt my world to be like this i think that you can very easily fall into like a trap where you're like i'm a white kid writing about like asian society but only through the lens of naruto which i like didn't really do i think part of that was the tamora pierce which is more based on like european feudalism stuff but i think about that sometimes where like i could have made all of these things like japanese words but i didn't i like just made up stuff from Latin. <laughs> god. Anyway. Oh my god. Yeah, hey, our opening theme is by at TwinklePunks on Twitter. Check out her music at PunkSpirit.net. Our website is MarySuePod.com. Our Twitter and Tumblr's are at Sue Celebration. You can donate to us on Punk.